G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. I was born in Johnson City, Tennessee, but when I was about three months old, we moved to Winston-Salem. So I call Winston-Salem, North Carolina, my home. Mm-hmm. So Winston-Salem is about two hours from here in Asheville. Um, but I you know, grew up, my mom was a single mom. She left my biological father when I was three months old mm-hmm. uh, because he was an addict. He was abusive. Um, and so that's how that story goes. Okay. So she, I've never met him. Um, but she moved to Winston-Salem closer to her family, uh, where, you know, I was, I was raised in, in, in that part of the, the USA until I was about 20 years old. Mm, Okay. And tell us a bit about your upbringing. Did you have any religious upbringing at all? So, uh, no. Uh, well, I, I would say yes, but not a Christian upbringing. Um, so the idea about Christianity, like we were never hostile to the idea of Christianity or Jesus. Like there was always something special to Jesus because there were family members that we had that were believers. And so I would, you know, hear the prayers of them and they would, you know, hear their conversations, go to church on Easter, um, sometimes on Christmas. But by the time I was eight years old, uh, my mom, she had met someone um, who ended up adopting me. They got married. He was actually, he's Jewish. Um, He grew up in the Bronx. So he's, you know, very, he's very strict man. Um, But I'm still grateful to this day that he actually, you know, decided to take, to take me in as, as his own. Mm. Um, But we kind of went to a, we had a universalist, you know, you know, Unitarian kind of per, perspective on things mm-hmm. uh that there's many different pathways to the top of the mountain kind of thing i remember going to a universalist unitarian church uh going on nature walks <laughs> um we had uh buddha by the front door we had hindu god statues up in the front yard we had um i remember he was very into kind of a lot of eastern mysticism so um and, and tarot readings and and things like that that was always something that was just a fascination mm-hmm. uh in my home uh not in a big way but it, it it was there it was kind of in the background um so you know i needless to say no i did not grow up christian and tell us a bit about uh your uh, years after high school like what did you do after school what was life like for you then um, so, well, it's hard to say how life was after high school without talking a little bit about high school, because um, when I was in high school, I, I actually started using drugs and alcohol when I was 12 years old. 12. Um, yeah. And it was, you know, binge drinking, mm-hmm. trying marijuana, uh, cocaine by 14, ecstasy, those things. Um, and so... My my mom and my adopted father ended up getting a divorce, and she ended up remarrying someone who was very, I would say, religious, could quote the Bible up and down. I don't know if he was necessarily a believer, and I 
I have reasons for that. But um, but needless to say, it introduced me to, again, it introduced our home to the idea of Christianity. Um, and so, uh, I, again, I was I, honestly, I was always very fascinated with it. Um, you know, never, never felt hostile in my heart towards it. Never hated Christians or thought they were stupid, you know, nothing like that. Um, but, you know, I just, I, I was in and out of jail during that time. I was on probation, I think my entire adolescence. And it wasn't until I was incarcerated that the, this group of, uh, people who, who had a prison ministry came and ministered to me and, um, I surrendered to the Lord when I was in jail. So, you know, after high school, I didn't even graduate high school. Actually, I got my GED. Um, I, you know, whenever I left the house, it was to join something called AmeriCorps, which is where I ended up meeting my husband. But I feel like I'm jumping a little mm. far ahead right now. Yeah. But to to explain the transition, there's just so much there. Mm. So, um, Well, you must have been going through a terrible time, uh, you know, when you had all those addictions and you were going through – you know the you know horrible uh, scene you're in. Um, was, was there ever moments where you you thought God was speaking to you or, or guiding you in that time, or wasn't it? It wasn't until you're in prison. Yeah, so I remember being very young and being in the back of the car. I just remember like looking up at the stars and knowing intuitively that mm. there was a loving God mm. um, that saw me that um and i felt safe Mm. um and it wasn't that i was looking to the stars Mm. i i was looking beyond the stars of the creator of the stars and i remember being very young thinking that way and so i believe that god's been drawing me to himself my whole life Mm. Mm. um and i and i can see that i just didn't really know who he was i Mm. guess you could say Mm. um i remember you know, one one day I, I had had a all nighter, um, had many all nighters, and drinking all night, using drugs, didn't remember anything the night before, um, waking up in a place I wasn't familiar with, and I remember too, like whenever I, I would always wake up really early, even if I had been up all night, I'd always wake up really early and like ready to go, like. I either want to go home or I want to leave where I was at. You know, I was ready to get out of wherever I was was at. And one of my friends, they were taking me home. And I remember, like, leaning my head up against the back window. (laughs) Something about being in the backseat of a car, looking up at the sky, dreaming to God. But I remember saying to him, God, please help me. Like, you know, it's almost as if I didn't know any other way to be. Mm. Um, God, please help me. And um, I got dropped off um, at my house. I went inside. I used the bathroom, and I heard a ring, a, the doorbell ring. And, I mean, this was within three minutes of being at my house. A police officer was there to take me to jail because he had a warrant for my arrest for something. I don't even I had I've had so many charges. I don't remember what, what this one was. Maybe a violation of probation. Um And he was very kind. He wasn't, you know, demeaning or demanding. He even allowed me to sit in the back of the police car without handcuffs. Um, But he took me to jail, and that is where I think the Lord really sat me down quietly. Mm. Um, 
And I and I I even perceived it then, you know, that it was I didn't take that as really, God, I'm going to pray and I'm going to get arrested. You know, I it never landed that way in me. Like somehow, by God's grace, intuitively, I realized that sometimes when God answers our prayers, that's what it looks like Mm, mm. uh, to save us from ourselves. So I would say that would that would be a good example of a time. Well, let's get back to your conversion experience in sure. prison. Um, tell us how life changed after that. Sure. Um, like I said, I've all, I've I've been drawn to God my whole life. I just didn't have knowledge. Um, and so whenever um, these women came into the jail, I had already been in an environment where, you know. The end times were talked about a lot in my home because, again, my mom had remarried a man who knew scriptures up and down. He was always talking about it. Um, I was very interested in the things of the Bible because, I don't know, there's something about it that just fascinated me. The book of Revelation was fascinating to me. It really drew me in. Um, there was almost something exciting uh, to me in that, and that may sound strange to some people because I know some people are terrified, but there's something that really drew me in that I was really fascinated by. So I was already really interested, and so when the and so the my heart was fertile for mercy. I had burned every bridge, I had stolen from people, I had betrayed people. I really had no friends left because I had really hurt them all. Um, no one trusted me. I had no money. I had no prospects. Um, owned nothing. I mean, just really felt like. Uh, a, a, just a loser, for a lack of a better term, um, and just really bogged down with guilt. And so the soil of my heart was fertile for these women to come in, and they told, it was a group of us sitting in a, in this area, in this like room that they took us all to have Bible study, and they told us about the woman with the bleeding disorder that went to touch the hem of Jesus's garment to be healed and she was healed instantly and so they had this garment there for all and invited all of us to come and touch this the hem of symbolically the, the hem of Jesus's garment i couldn't wait to get to that to touch it and to touch the hem of his garment and i just started weeping wow and that was the moment where i truly was touched by the love and grace of god mm. and i believed it yeah I didn't know theology at that point. I didn't know, like, I didn't have a great, you know, theology or mm. understand things. You know, there's still a lot there. But the one thing I did know is that Jesus is Lord, mm. that Jesus can help me, and that he loves me. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's about all I knew. Mm. Mm. Um, and so in jail, it, it drastically changed me. They actually taught us to to cover our heads in prayer. Um which that's what I did, you know, when mm. I was in jail. So my, my thing is I'd go up to my cell, I'd cut, put a blanket over my head, and I'd talk to Jesus. Wow. Wow. Um, and so that's that's what I did. And it felt like a, a private space, mm. you know, to mm. just commune with the Lord. It wasn't, you know, looking back on it, you know, sometimes I'll still cover my head in prayer. Um, but, you know, I, I was just really drawn to him and his word, and I immediately became an evangelist. <laughs> Like, wow. I, I remember going down to the common area and sitting down, and I remember I was reading in Matthew, and I came down, and there was this table that I sat at, 
And a lot of them were in, you know, same sex couples and they were gossiping about people in there and talking badly about other people. And there's just a lot of things that I'd read, Mm. you know, just finished reading. And I remember going down and telling them like, hey, like, you need to repent. (laughs) And I told them (laughs) exactly what they were doing. And I remember Mm. them just sitting there like, you know, they didn't rebuke Mm. me. They just listened. Mm. They didn't even, they didn't get angry. Mm. They just got very quiet and listened. And so I believe that that's something that the Lord just kind of deposited in me very, very early on is go tell what you read. Wow. So So. good. Now, our time's almost up, but I'd love to know a bit about Renew Knoxville. What do you guys do? Sure. (laughs) Oh, man, I didn't realize we're almost out of time. So uh, Renew Knoxville, um, we're a Christ-centered addiction treatment facility. Um, So... You know, I've I've worked in the secular industry for a very long time. You cannot specifically say Jesus. They will be fine with higher power, even the term God, Mm. you know. But to actually define God, um, you'll be met with hostility and resistance. Mm -hmm. And um, that always was really hard for me because it is Christ, and there's no doubt in my mind that it was only Christ that set me free uh, from a a girl who, by the age of 18, I was shooting heroin. Mm. and so now I've been given an opportunity to freely talk about Christ. I'm, I'm the director. Um, it's, and it really, we came to, came to be because our mayor, who is Mayor Glenn Jacobs, I, he's uh, Kane, okay. the WWE oh, wrestler. From, yeah? Yeah. Okay, wow. Yeah, he's a celebrity. But yeah, cool. He's, he's our mayor. Okay, right. Uh, yeah. Um, I was working for the state at the time and he introduced me to a group of like-minded pastors you know essentially you know if they agree on the apostles creed they kind of linked arms as brothers crossing Mm -hmm. denominational lines and said you know we need to do something for our community because this is an epidemic i mean people are dying and um and so i worked with them for about a year and a half and then they approached me about being the director and so here we here i am Mm. today awesome yeah. Well, it's it's a great example of you know you're using your scars now mm-hmm. for stars. Your you know right. your your message become your message. Well, it's been awesome to hear a little bit of your story today. If people want to find out more, they can check out the website renewknoxville.com. Yes. Yep. Yes. And uh, on social media, they can search up Sarah Keel as well. Find out all the info. Sarah Nicole Keel. I have my middle name in there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's awesome to hear how God is using you now to reach out to others. And, uh, you know, if people want to book you to speak, you know, Mm -hmm. do you speak and preach at events too? Yeah, Yeah. I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever people ask me, I don't really advertise like, hey, I speak, you know, but people will just naturally just come and ask me to come and speak. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you can't argue with someone's testimony. Yeah. And, you know, to hear what you've been through and how God's transformed your life, you know, that's the power of God. Uh, It's so awesome to hear what God's been doing in your life. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 